She's like, I'd rather potentially give you a concussion than deal with the consequences of my actions. Amnesia, even. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Christina. I'm Mo. <laughs> we remember to say our names. Yay. <laughs> I know. It's rare. It's a rare time. Yeah. Um, welcome back. It's our second episode of November. I just got back to Canada. It's not Halloween anymore. It feels like summer outside, though, which is scary. Insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, it's such a beautiful day out. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's such a beautiful day out. <laughs> Help. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is probably the coldest November we're ever going to have ever again. <laughs> it's just going to keep getting worse. We got to talk about something happier. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is new? Um, I'm getting ready to put up the rest of my Christmas decorations this week. Amazing. So that'll be fun. Going to watch the new Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. I'm so excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Phil, like, saw a picture of her, like, he was like, is this like a new movie or something? I was like, yes, like this is the mm. Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. And he was like, she looks amazing. And I was like, yeah, yeah she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she uh, does. I'm so excited. I made this realization the other day that now all of the principal girls and mean girls have made Christmas movies. Wow. What was Amanda Seyfried's? It's called Love the Coopers. It's a really bad movie, but oh. she is in it. And then Rachel McAdams was in The Family Stone. Lacey Chabert is the queen of Hallmark Christmas movies, so she's done like a million. Oh, yeah. And now we have Lindsay in, um, God, what is this movie called? Home for the Holidays. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Let me see. Wow, the last thing I had pulled up on my phone was a photo of Boo Boo Stewart. Anyways, um, (laughs) the (laughs) movie is called Falling for Christmas. Falling for Christmas. Okay, cute. It ties into the amnesia storyline. Exactly, yeah. Starring Glee's uh, Cord Overstreet as well. Good for him. You know, get that get that paycheck, get that work. Mm-hmm. I do find it funny how many movies, like, I feel especially like movies from when we were younger, they mm-hmm. were like, you fall once, you never remember anything again. Yep. You just, you, you get amnesia. More common it's than you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I have to I have to let you know how it is. But before that, should we talk about today's movie? Yes, we are doing another movie from two thousand four. Yeah, I feel like there's really no theme to this month, but I'm like trying to find some sort of <laughs> what's the common line here? ground here? Yeah, <laughs> only movies from two thousand four. Yeah, well, honestly, a great year for cinema. But yeah, yeah, today we are doing the decom classic. Stuck in the suburbs. We got some Brenda Song, mm-hmm. Danielle Pennebaker, mm-hmm. Taryn Killam. Crazy. Before his <laughs> SNL career. <laughs> it's truly wild to see him as like a pop. Like I'm a heartthrob. I'm a pop star. I'm yeah. like, Taryn, you, you joshing me right now. Yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> – I'm not seeing it. I it's funny too because his like assistant slash best friend Eddie mm-hmm. is supposed to be like this goofy, like zany guy. Right. And I'm like, shouldn't like the comedian be the one right? cast is that role? But right? I, get your bag. Get your bag. 
I just feel like he wasn't giving teenage heartthrob for me. No, definitely not. Also, I remember as a kid, I totally had a crush on Eddie. Really? I thought he was like super cute. I did not have a crush on Jordan Cahill. He was not was not doing it for me. Not with those chunky highlights. It, they did the chunky highlights <laughs> did him so dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like one of the reasons why they might have cast Eddie as the assistant was because guys with curly hair tend to get cast in funny roles. Right. The Seth Cohen effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all I can come up with. Yeah. But I've never seen that man act again. Like I can't. Never. I don't recognize him at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, so this movie was filmed in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. I did a deep dive on one of the soccer girlies. <laughs> I forget her, her last name is Shaw, and she was the same girl from Now You See It. She is a Cajun fiddler and t- has like toured uh, performing. Wild. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like, it's so random. But she was from New Orleans, so like it makes sense. But you can find her music on Spotify. Whoa. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. She's lived many lives. Amanda Shaw. There we go. Shout out to you, Amanda. We don't have like too much. We don't even have any numbers for you. But the film had 3.7 million viewers, Mm -hmm. which made it the most watched telecast in its time period. Hold on. For kids 6 to 11 and 9 to 14. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the peak age group really on Disney Channel. Yeah. And also um, the soundtrack did pretty well. It peaked at number five on the Billboard Top Kid audio charts and was on the Billboard 200. Good job. Pretty good. We do good have job, some bangers. Drew Seeley. Yeah. Speaking of. Good job, Drew Seeley. <laughs> so yeah, Drew Seeley is the the singing voice of Jordan Cahill. Obviously, it was not Taryn uh, Killam. He did not do his own singing. And I have to wonder, like, what is is up with Drew Seeley that they're like, you're so talented, yeah. we must use your voice, but we will never put you in front of the camera. Like, is there something off about him? Can he just not act? I don't know what it is. I think you have to watch the Selena Gomez Cinderella yeah. story movie. I'm going to have to just to see what is going on. Yeah, because I don't even – I mean, he was – from what I remember, he mm-hmm. was fine. Yeah. But, like, they really don't want him in front of the camera. He can sing, and I assume he can dance if he did the, that dance movie. And he also yeah. did the High School Musical tour. So there's some, there must be something off about him. Maybe he's right. lacking in uh, – maybe he doesn't pop on screen. I don't know. I guess I would say I've heard this, like, from a podcast I listened to that, like, models have uh, plain faces, like, very, like, undescript faces. Mm-hmm. You know, usually like very slender, tall bodies. Um, Actors tend to be like on the shorter side, but they have very defined faces, Mm. like very recognizable faces. Right. And I do feel like Drew Seeley has like the most generic fucking face. An everyman face. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Poor Drew Seeley. Never got his moment in the sun. It's like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. (laughs) Bless him. Um, yeah, other than that, we really don't have too many fun facts because there's really not a lot mm-hmm. online about this uh, this film. But before we just jump right in, mm-hmm. 
Our bonus movie this month is Juno. Yes. It's going to come out next Wednesday. Yes. So if that's something you wanted to hear us cover, if that's something you're interested in, you can subscribe to our Patreon. You get that. You get access to our Discord, close friends story, a movie montage for your life. Yes, we are working on them. They're I coming. promise. They're coming. It's like a baby. How it like gestates for nine months now. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I do. I really do love the Discord. I think it's one of my favorite um, things that we have on the Patreon. Yeah. Everybody was sharing their Halloween costumes the other day. That was super cool. So um, yeah, if you're looking to chat with other listeners, it's a, it's a great place to do it. I love looking at the Discord during work and seeing what people are like chatting about. It's like mm-hmm. really helps me like <laughs> s- like soothe myself as I'm like in the midst of working and I'm like, hell, hell, hell. <laughs> Yeah, it breaks up the day a little bit, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, I guess without further ado, shall we just dive into it? Let's fucking – I can't think of anything. Let's cell phone right into it. Wow. <laughs> That's hard for me. <laughs> you tried. That's all that matters. Yeah. So we open up to a Disney Channel original movie. We got the, you know, bubbly letters on the screen. Mm-hmm. Of course, we get a digitized opening credit sequence. We have like a bunch of magazines that are mm. just like faux J14 covers. They're, you know, Tiger Beat-esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jordan Cahill, Jordan Cahill, Jordan Cahill. He's so hot. He's releasing a new song. da 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 Then our first real scene, we pan over the suburbs, cookie cutter houses, think like Edward Scissorhands, except Mm. every house is painted the same color. Yep. And there's this big van driving down the street. There are four gals who have just finished soccer practice. They're just gabbing away. The mom who's driving everyone, I'm like, are you okay? I'm worried about her. Me too. <laughs> she. It seems like she wants to be anywhere but there. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. the girls are are nice. They're like, oh, this is your teacher. Like I've had her before. She's great. Like oh, da da da. And the mom is like rolling her eyes, just like sighing, and she's like, girls, please. She's like thirty seconds away from running away in the dead of night. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like. You left your husband the next week after yeah, this, didn't you? Absolutely. So Olivia's like, hey, Brittany, like show the other girls the new shoes you got. And she brings them out. I actually think they're so cute for 2004. <laughs> yeah. They're like patent flip-flops, like like a shiny like magenta pink mm-hmm. with like flowers on them. Really cute. The gals are quaking in their <laughs> boots. And Olivia's like, I wish my mom would buy me cool shoes like that. And Brittany's like, my aunt bought them in New York. They're one of a kind. They're just like a little boutique. Mm. And <laughs> as if we like don't live in New York and like go to DSW here. As if I wasn't just at Marshall's the other day looking for shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Olivia's mom finally arrives at Brittany's house. But Brittany's like, that's not my house. And she's like, are you sure? And she's like, does anyone live here? This this was a bad idea. Like someone else should have driven them. Are you okay? Yeah. At first I was like, is she 
on drugs. Right? Like, like she she's okay? on drugs, yeah. right? Because <laughs> what the the implication is is like, oh, all the houses look the same. LOL, it's the suburbs. But I was like, lady, should you be driving right now? Like, I'm a I'm a wee yeah. bit concerned. I don't know if the actress was like, I'm really gonna like hit this out of the park, and she mm-hmm. just went too sicko mode. Yeah, or if like. <laughs> She just didn't know how to convey that because it didn't feel like, oh, every house looks the same. It felt like mm-hmm. she wanted to, like, murder these girls. Yeah, this this actress really put a lot of subtext where there was none. Yeah, um, where there actually so- maybe <laughs> some are saying shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they finally get to Brittany's house. She is, like, so checked out, done with these children, and Olivia's like, oh, my God, Mom, like, it's almost 4 p.m. Please, please, please. We have to. We have to. And the mom is like, no, we're already late as it is. Like, no means no. Next thing we know, the kids are all running into Brittany's house. Her mom, Miss Aaron's, comes down and she's like, oh, hey, Olivia's mom, what's going on? And she's <laughs> like, oh, Jordan. So the girls rush into the living room and they kick Brittany's brother, Cooper, off the couch they're like fuck your video games fuck your life we need to turn on this fake mtv <laughs> so they do and jordan cahill's music video for the song make a wish begins he has these the chunkiest of chunky highlights you've ever seen he's on like a, a carousel he's singing to his love interest classic 2000s pop boy they are super excited. They get up. They do like their own choreo. It's incredibly cheesy. And <laughs> and they like step onto the back of the couch and like flip it over and fall down. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and Mrs. Aaron's like, excuse the fuck? the fuck out of me. Yeah. So that evening, Mrs. Aaron's Mrs. Aaron's has three kids. Mm-hmm. God bless her. Truly. And she goes into everyone's room and checks to see if their homework is done. I'm like, that's actually very nice. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think she might go to Cooper's first, whatever. And then she goes to oh, Jesse's yeah, room. Oh, yeah, because he's like dancing along to like the Jordan he's song. He's dancing to the Jordan song. Yeah. The little stinker. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to Jesse's room. And I need to talk about this scene <laughs> because Jesse like ground my gears so much. Oh, she was so annoying. I hated her. Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't like her. Mm-hmm. She like goes in. She's like, homework check. And Jesse's like, are you kidding me? I finished two hours ago. This is just extra credit. But it would be much easier to finish if someone wasn't having band practice next door. Literally insufferable. Insufferable. Mm-hmm. So her mom like <laughs> goes next door to check on Brittany and she's just like a creative soul. She's yeah. like playing her guitar. Writing lyrics, which I think is incredibly, like, brave. Totally. It's so hard to write lyrics. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most, like, um, it's hard to be confident about writing lyrics. Right. So she goes next door and she's like, oh, (laughs) my homework is feeling fine. It's Mm -hmm. well. It's doing well. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm actually making, like, a mnemonic memory device. And she picks up her book, her, like, lyric book, and she's like, the door is closed on my dreams. Life is being lived far away. <laughs> and Brittany's like, um, first draft. <laughs> yeah. 
And her mom is like, I don't know if I'm more upset that you haven't finished your homework or that you actually feel this way. And Brittany's like, you know, it's just a song. Teen angst, heard of it. But Brittany does admit that she doesn't want to be here where nothing ever happens. She wants to be where exciting things are always happening. And her mom asks, um, you know, if she wants to do something exciting, she should help her with her project to save the Ashbrook house, which is like a historic house in the area. Mm-hmm. And Brittany's like, I don't want to help. Like, I've been involved in your other projects, like selling candy to save the whales. I don't know any whales. I don't want to help you save a 100-year-old house. <laughs> How scathing. Yeah. Your mom is like, how are you? Like, are you unhappy? Um, yeah, like I'm homework done about your well-being. And she's like, you have these stupid pipe dreams <laughs> to save this town. Literally, yeah. I mean, I do think that Brittany lives in a similar sort of universe as, you know, your Lola Steps, your Lady Birds. She's oh, yeah. definitely far less dramatic and a little nicer than those characters, but she is very much in the same vein, you know? For sure. They're cut from the same cloth. Exactly. So Brittany is like, hey, let's just make a deal. I will pretend to carry on with my monotonous life as if I'm completely thrilled by it. What's the other side of that deal, though? I don't remember. (laughs) I I don't think there is one. I think she's just like, let me make you a deal. I'll do what you want. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Let me make you a deal, mom. And it's like, and we're in Shark Tank. She's like, I will continue. (laughs) Um, But in the midst of this, Brittany's computer fucking lights up. Her cell phone blows up. Landline blows up. Turns out Jordan is coming to town (gasps) to film his new music video. Oh my god. Brittany is out of her mind stoked, but her mom hangs up the phone and she's like, "I bet you wish you finished your homework now." Scathing. Oh my god, the the fan fiction is coming to life. The Wattpad story is It's so is true. a ruin cuz you know, if there's anything that international pop stars love to do, it's film a music video in a small town. And make a connection with a local teen. Right. (laughs) I did the math because I just wanted to see the age difference. Mm -hmm. In the movie, they say his birthday. Right. He would be 22. Uh, (laughs) Because he's born in 81 and the movie came out in 2004. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not like a romantic thing going on. No, for sure. But But I was like, you can't think that he would date you. No. That's illegal. It makes me think of, like, all those TikToks of people being like, oh, yeah, when I did, like, a full body shave to go to the Jonas Brothers concert, thinking that they would ask me backstage and this is what I looked like. And it's literally, like, an 11-year-old child in, like, leggings and a skirt. Holy fuck. That's so – I think the reason why I was so enthralled by Justin Bieber was because he was only two years older than me. Right. If I met this man, Mm -hmm. we could legally fuck. Yeah. If I met this man, mm-hmm. it would be legal. And therefore, it's actually possible mm-hmm. that we could get yeah. together. <laughs> I, That's I, all I it had, takes. I had the same thing with um, 
with like One Direction and like I was of a course. hairy girl and he's only two years older than me. So I was like, oh my God, it's totally possible. He would have, he could like fall in love with me and it's not against the law Tomorrow, and yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. And then with like five seconds of summer, they're like our age. Like Luke is actually yes two months younger than me. Um, and I remember this very specifically because on their first album, they had a song called 18, which is about like being attracted to an older girl and he's like but i'm not 18 yet and so i was like wow he's still 17 and i'm 18 for these two months so this song is about me now it's about me <laughs> the delusion yeah the, de- the sickness <laughs> nick jonas is like four years older than us but i was like even then like i feel right. like it's possible yeah little did i know he was only into older women Absolutely. And I never had a chance. <laughs> well, I guess like Miley was his age. His age. Yeah, right? They're the At same least. age, I assume. Yeah. yeah. I think they're both born in 92. Yeah. But I think I also had a similar delusion like that with Taylor Lautner because I was 13 and he was 17. I was like, that's totally yeah. fine. As if that's not Possible. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the things we do for love. So in the morning, um, it's a really busy morning in the Aaron's house. Mom has a lot going on. They're talking about like, oh, you got to pick up the kids for like their extracurriculars. We got the soccer practice. We got the science fair. We got karate. All this stuff is going on. Brittany uh, comes downstairs in like her little midriff bearing outfit. She has her low rise jeans, her tank top. And she's like, Jesse, Jesse. Does this outfit say, please, Jordan, put me in your music video? And Jesse says, no, it says, please put me in a sweater. I was like, damn, damn. (laughs) So dad obviously is like, you're not wearing this outfit, my 13-year-old daughter. And the mom is like, oh, Brittany, you look adorable. And Brittany's like, (coughs) adorable? Fuck no. (laughs) So she runs upstairs to change. Props to mom on the reverse psychology. Everybody rushes out the door. They get in their cars and they leave and they leave Brittany behind. So got to get to school by herself. Yeah, they do that. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. At school, Brittany meets up with her friends and she like has this brief interaction with Olivia where she's like, yeah, it was kind of funny the first time they left to be behind. Now it's just pathetic. So, like, her family has left her behind multiple times. Yeah. Classic middle child. Yeah. So then her other friend comes up to her and they're like, Brittany, we found your shoes online. And, like, I ordered a pair in two different colors. And Brittany's like, um, they're actually just from, like, a, a boutique in New York. They are from a boutique <laughs> in New York. And she's like, yeah, but that boutique has like an online store. And then her other friend, Olivia, is like, oh my gosh, we can all get a pair and we'll all match. So the one <laughs> unique thing that Brittany had in her small town was this one pair ripped of shoes. Ripped from her. Ripped from her freaking hands. Mm. So Brittany is just like, great. Another reason to <laughs> love the place I am in. Mm-hmm. And they go over to their lockers they open their lockers and they immediately just like blow kisses to their Jordan pictures. Did you like decorate your locker like that in middle school or high school? I had like a mirror and like an organizer for my pens. Mm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I definitely like decorated my locker in middle school. 
but not in high school. I don't even think I really used my locker in high school, barely ever. I think the closest I, I – I mean, I decorated, like, my boyfriend's locker for Valentine's Day once. Mm, cute. It was all Tumblr Valentine's. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Love 2014. <laughs> Literally. They would have those, like, templates where it would be, like, mm. maybe, like, an image or, like, yeah. a clip. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> what happens next? Icon, mm. fashion queen. Yep. Brenda Song, aka Natasha, comes in in her little tie, her skirt chain. She does a hair flip. Her back is the shape of a soccer ball. Icon. She's on a moving platform. Yeah. So <laughs> when she walks in, like, obviously they have a fan on her, right? Because her hair right. is like blowing in the wind. And at one point, they, they show like a, uh, like a profile shot, and she is like gliding on a moving oh, platform. <laughs> That's great. So she walks up to the soccer girlies and she's like, Hey, I think my locker's over here. Oh, is that guy uh, your boyfriend? Like pointing mm-hmm. to the Jordan Cahill pictures. And they're like, um, It's Jordan Cahill. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, sorry. I've been living in Europe for the past few years, so I'm behind on all the trends. Apparently, ponytails are back. <laughs> Scathing. Absolutely. Brittany is in awe of this, like, mm-hmm. you know, woman who's just come into her life who looks stunning. Mm-hmm. She seemingly embodies, like, everything that Brittany wants to be. Totally. And she, like, pulls out her ponytail on the way out. Yeah. So we then go to gym class. Natasha is explaining to the teacher that sports aren't her thing and she'll just sit out. But the teacher's like, funny joke. You're on the goal with Brittany. So they go stand like in the goal and girls start kicking soccer balls at them, which they have to catch. Brittany introduces herself and low-key, high-key wants to impress Natasha like crazy and she's yammering on oh, yeah. me like, my name is Brittany, but like I really want to change it to something more cool like like Paris or Arabelle or Francesca. <laughs> and Natasha's like, okay. <laughs> so the girls are running laps later on and Brittany asks her about her time living in Europe. So Natasha explains that her dad works there, so she would live there during the summer. She would go visit for, like, breaks, long weekends. But the rest of the time, she's with her mom in New York. And Brittany's like, New York? New York fucking city! Freaks out. (laughs) She's obsessed with New York. Again, big time Lady Bird confessions of a teenage drama queen core. I really felt um, connected to her in this movie. Yeah. I was like... Is this me? That's embarrassing. (laughs) So she's very impressed, and she asks Natasha what she's doing here then in the suburbs, and Mm. Natasha's mom was transferred here. What does she do? We don't know. We actually never know. Never find out. Yeah. Yeah. So we then go into the locker room where Brittany's friends, who are definitely haters for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) They're like, we love living here, and we're going to get the same haircut, and then we'll move into houses in the same Mm cul-de-sac, and then our kids will be on the soccer team that we're on. We're all going to get pregnant at exactly the same time, and all of our kids will have to be best friends, and we will have game night every week. But... Yeah, they, they're, like, so annoyed with Natasha's presence. They are glaring at her. She is reapplying her makeup after class. Natasha, however, is also not thrilled with the fact that they have gym class every day. And I was like, every day? That's crazy. We had, like, once a week 
twice a week. Um, we then also see some girls in the locker room wearing I Heart Jordan t-shirts. Natasha's like, what is the deal with this Jordan guy? And so Brittany plays it off. She's like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it's just some guy. Like, all the girls are obsessed with him. Not me, LOL. But I'm yeah. not like other girls. My in God, case you I, thought that. I could never. And, I mean, as somebody who back in my early One Direction days, I absolutely did hide the fact uh, that I was in love with them. And I remember my friend messaged me one night on Facebook, and she was like, I need to tell you something. I was like, oh, my God, what is it? And she was like, <laughs> I like One Direction. And I was like, are you being 100% serious right now? And she said yes. And I was like, Pecho. And we were like, oh, my God. So then we secretly would talk about One Direction before eventually, like, we, you know. You came out, came of, the out closet, of the, yeah. the One Direction <laughs> closet and uh, we're public about our love for them. But That's really funny. Yeah. Are you being 100% serious? I was like, no I need confirmation <laughs> before I out myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you watch one One Direction funny moments video on YouTube and you're lost forever. <laughs> Down you go. Mm-hmm. So Brittany goes home. Who does she bring with her? Natasha, her new best friend. Mm-hmm. And she introduces her to her mom. And Natasha's like, oh, what are all these posters? And Brittany's like, oh, she's trying to save some old decrepit house, a.k.a. a local landmark. Just like totally trashes her mom and like goes mm-hmm. upstairs and then realize she needs to stall. So she's like, oh, Natasha, uh, why don't you talk to my mom like all about the project? So Brittany fucking hustles upstairs, <laughs> takes down all of the Jordan posters and then like returns to retrieve Natasha. So Natasha goes to Brittany's bedroom and she is like, oh, yeah, I loved the city. We would see the most amazing concerts and theater and shopping. And Brittany's like, okay, it's official. Like, you're living my life, the one that she wants. And Natasha's like, but now I actually, like, am living your life, <laughs> at least until I can convince my mom she's made a horrible mistake. And then Natasha notices Brittany's guitar and she's like, oh, do you play? And Brittany's like – no, but Natasha's like, oh, that's too bad because you have like a whole coffee house poetess thing going on. I didn't understand like why she would lie about playing. Like that's a cool thing. That's a like, cool thing. Playing guitar is a cool thing universally. I think she's just afraid that like anything she says will be will not be the right kind of cool. But yeah. like Natasha is – actually nice i think she's just like bitchy to the soccer girlies Mm -hmm. because it's kind of clear that they don't like her because she doesn't like act like them true but then britney just like gets up for no reason and like presses her ear against the wall uh that's connected to her brother's room her brother is listening on the (laughs) other side with a stethoscope and she yells at him to knock it off and like slams her fist on the wall (laughs) And we just see him on the other side being like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So Brittany tells Natasha um, she's actually more into writing than into playing and freaks out because Natasha picks up her lyric book and looks through it. And Natasha's like, no, they're really good. Then Brittany gets a phone call from one of her friends and they're like, oh my gosh, Jordan's music video shoot is just around the corner from your house. <gasps> and so she's like, oh, like, 
this thing's happening. Like, you wouldn't want to come, would you? And she's like, oh, no, I'll come. Like, it'll be so funny to watch all the girls fawn over Jordan. Like, ah, Jordan, eh. <laughs> Cut to, like, both of them screaming, going feral. So, like, on set, this guy who – I don't know. There's like all these people who we never really figure out who they are, what their roles are. But he's like, oh, yeah, like we picked out Jordan's hat. Like this other guy is directing him. He's like, okay, you're going to look at your reflection. You're going to splash it. And I was like, ooh, a High School Musical 2 seedling. Right. And then you're going to stand up. You're going to shake your hair. Bing, bang, boom. We're back on the bus to civilization. And Jordan is like, man, like, I don't get what this has to do with the song. Like, he's about the music. Yeah. What about the lyrics? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, strut, strut, snap. Girls appear out of nowhere. Flip your hair stuff. And the director's like, nah, man. Like, we're keeping it real. The girls don't come in until after the hair flip this time. And Jordan's like, okay. So they begin to shoot the music video for More Than Me. Take one. Jordan's doing his choreo. He starts singing. But when he gets to his mark, he's like, I'm sorry. I I can't do this. He stops the take and uh, fully walks off set. He says that he doesn't want to do the song. And he asks his, I think, assistant. Is that what Eddie is? Yeah. I think he – so obviously, like, we find out later that they're best friends Mm -hmm. from before he was famous. Yeah. And I think that he was just hired as his assistant. Yeah. So that he could, like, go with him and, like, be on the payroll. Mm -hmm. So he asks his assistant slash bestie, Eddie, to, like, pull out his lyrics, the ones that he wrote. And his manager, Len, is like, oh, yeah, like, I read them. They're great, but not for you, for someone else. Jordan notices some raisins in his snack bowl. He's super pissed. (laughs) You know, classic diva behavior. And Jordan's like, okay, bottom line, I'm not doing the song. I want to do my lyrics. I don't want to do this. It's bullshit. And Len is like, okay, how about, you know what? You take your time. You mull it over. Do what you need. Jordan walks off and Len grabs Eddie and he's like, okay. (laughs) Jordan's going to need a fucking attitude adjustment by tomorrow. And you're going to make it happen. So run along. He's like, yeah, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, whatever you want. Eddie, if you don't fucking do this, I will break both your legs. (laughs) So uh, Jordan turns to Eddie and asks him to just, like, get out of here. Like, he wants to head home or back to the hotel, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, like, don't forget, like, download all the files in my phone to disk. I can't lose this. My whole life is on this thing. And Eddie's like, I got it. Like, I've been doing it for months. And then Jordan's like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. It's just like really important to me. So Jordan leaves and Eddie just grabs a random guy on set and he's like, do you know how to download things from a cell phone to a disc? The guy has no idea. Why would he? Yeah. Go to Best Buy. Like I, I literally can't stress enough <laughs> how this man cannot do a single thing right. Mm-hmm. Like he is not a good assistant. No, he's not. He should not have any responsibilities like this. No, the phone also has internet capability. Maybe a quick Google search. Yeah, on the phone even. Yeah. You know? <sighs> so after this, Brittany and Natasha are kind of leaving the music video shoot 
And Brittany is like, oh, man, like that was such a bust. All I really did was do permanent damage to my vocal cords. We only saw Jordan for like two seconds. And Natasha's like, oh, it's okay. Like I'm already having way more fun than I thought I would have. And on their way out, Brittany ends up tripping and somehow every single item she's ever owned falls out of her bag. Everything. I thought she I thought she had a drawstring bag. Yeah. How does that happen? It would just fall in a lump. It would not cascade items all across the sidewalk. But as she is, you know, trying to get up from her fall, Eddie trips over her because like Jordan and his crew are leaving right now. Mm -hmm. And he also drops everything he's ever owned. They're rushing to pick up all the items because Jordan's tour bus is leaving in three seconds. So he grabs all the stuff, rushes over to the bus. And Natasha's like, oh, my God, that was less of a brush with fame and more of a trampling. Are you okay? (laughs) She She comes in witty with it sometimes. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's when Brittany's soccer friends come up and they're like, Brittany, we've been calling you. Like, why didn't you pick up? So Brittany goes to grab her phone from her bag, but it's not her phone. Ugh. (gasps) Meanwhile, on the bus, Eddie has Brittany's cell phone. Dun, dun, dun. Back in the suburbs, Brittany keeps trying to call the guy she bumped into, but he's not answering. And Natasha's like, he's probably calling China. And Brittany's like, oh, my God, don't say that. If my dad finds out I've lost another phone, he's going to freak out. And I'm like, how many how many phones have you lost? Right? You're in middle school. <laughs> you go to school, soccer practice, and home. Right. So they talk about how Jordan is staying at the nice hotel by the freeway. And Natasha's like, a cab is probably out of the question, right? And Brittany's like, that's true. I have the next best thing. Mm. Cut to Jesse driving them to the hotel, just the worst driver ever. Mm-hmm. Stopping, starting, just pounding on the brakes like yeah. a fucking drum, dude. <laughs> like, let the gorilla grip go. <laughs> you know? So they finally get to the hotel. Brittany is trying to get some answers from the guy at the front desk, but. She tells Natasha that the guy said that Jordan isn't staying here. And Natasha's like, yeah, okay, let me handle this. So she goes up to the desk to try again, where we see that this receptionist is, in fact, Drew Seeley. The man, the myth, the legend. His tiny little cameo. Teeny, teeny, tiny. And Natasha's like, okay, we both know he's staying here. Let's cut the shit. We're not some crazy (laughs) fans. One of his peeps has something of ours, and we're not leaving until we get it. Meanwhile, Jesse's like, hurry up. Like, we're going to be late for dinner. Just insufferable at every moment she's on screen. I agree. All she does is be grating. That's it. Bitching, moaning, bitching, moaning. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew Seeley ends up giving in. He calls Jordan's room, and Eddie answers and is like, oh, LOL, that's like the thousandth fan who's tried to use that excuse, nice try, and hangs up. And that's when he realizes that the phone he has is, in fact, Britney's hot pink cell phone. And he's like, brother, oh, fuck. So he runs out of the room, books it downstairs. Meanwhile, Natasha and Britney, they're already back in Jesse's car. They start driving off. 
But when Jesse breaks, Eddie, who has somehow made it downstairs in three seconds flat, um, <laughs> crashes into the back of the car. And they're like, oh, my God, what was that? And I think uh, Natasha's like, oh, the sound of my brain rattling around in my head. <laughs> I did think that was so funny. Yeah. I was like, um, it's Eddie Eddie's skull cracking on the concrete. Yeah, it's a vehicular manslaughter that you may have just <laughs> committed. <laughs> so they're like, oh, don't see anything behind us. Must have been nothing. And they drive off while Eddie is on the ground writhing in pain from just being struck by a by a vehicle. Later on. Eddie uses Brittany's cell phone to try calling Jordan's phone, but he, like, can't remember the number. Um, he asks Len, and Len's like, he, he's always changing it, but you know what? Jordan's here, um, so why don't you ask him, hey, Jordan? <laughs> so Jordan comes out, and he's like, hey, Eddie, I just want to apologize for my attitude this afternoon. It's just that the song is, like, about nothing, blah, blah, blah. And Eddie's like, yeah, but it has a good beat. You can dance to it. Three years ago, you were singing in your basement, and now you're singing in stadiums. You've got everything you've ever wanted. And Jordan's like, is this really what I want? And Eddie's like, ah, you're the most whiny pop star I've ever met. Like, do you want to change places, including dating your girlfriend, Penelope? Mm. (laughs) And Jordan's like, oh, my God, my girlfriend. She exists. That's crazy. Totally forgot about Uh, her. By the way. Uh, did you do something to your forehead? And we see this huge red mark on his forehead. Poor Eddie. So back at the Aaron's house, Brittany is marveling at how fancy this phone is with all of its apps. It can even connect to the internet. Very novel at the time. And Natasha's like, yeah, but you need a password to get into most of it. I used to have one just like it when I lived in Madrid. And <laughs> I think... uh Brittany is like, oh my god, you lived in Madrid? My dad won't even let us have Spanish rice because he thinks it's too spicy. I was like, damn, we really are in the suburbs in this one. Right, right. (laughs) So Brittany then very abruptly goes over to her closet because she has sensed that her little brother was there eavesdropping, and she was correct. So she, you know, promptly throws him out of her room. The phone then rings, this mystery cell phone, but it's Brittany's number that's calling it. Whoa. So they do pick up, and Eddie starts off very strong, calling her a thief, demanding that it be returned. And Brittany's like, okay, first up, I didn't steal it. I even tried to give it back. And also, you are the one who stole my phone. Yeah. So he does apologize and just says that he's worried about it falling into the wrong hands. Uh, Very ominous. This is the president's cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) So Brittany's like, oh, another call incoming. Got a blast. So she hangs up on Eddie and sees that it's Madonna calling. Would you just save Madonna's number as Madonna? I guess. What else would you save it as? Madge? (laughs) 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 What's Madonna's actual name? Is her name Madonna? No, right? I don't know. Oh, her name is Madonna. Her first name is, she's Madonna Louise, I want to say Sicone is how it would be pronounced. C-I-C-C-O-N-E. 
But yeah, Madonna for some reason is calling Jordan Cahill. And I'm like, these people are not on the same level, but that's fine. Yeah. When she answers the phone, she's like, is this really Madonna? And Madonna says yes. The girls just scream in Madonna's ears for like four seconds before Madonna hangs up. And Natasha's like, oh my God, do you know whose phone this is? It's Jordan's. And so Brittany screams and she throws it on the bed and the mom knocks on the door. So the girls immediately like jump onto the bed to hide it. And Mrs. Aaron's is quite suspicious because they're acting very weird, but tells Natasha that her mom is here to pick her up. Natasha heads downstairs and yells back to Brittany, making her promise not to do anything until tomorrow. Yes. What an exciting turn of events. Mm -hmm. Finally, something's happening to Brittany. Yeah. So at school the next day, Brittany walks up to her friends who are talking to Natasha. And what's Natasha telling them? That she knows Madonna? Mm -mm -mm. That's not true. The girls don't buy it and they also don't like Natasha. So they just like walk away. And Brittany's like, okay, first of all, you don't know Madonna. Second, we can't tell anyone about the phone. Like, we need to give it back. It's an invasion of privacy. And Natasha's like, you're always complaining about how boring your life is and something exciting has actually happened and you want nothing to do with it. So the phone rings. It's Eddie again. And Brittany's like, I know whose phone this is. And Eddie apologizes for yelling and, like, taking her phone. But he's like, can we please meet up and trade phones? And she says, yeah. But first, we want to talk to Jordan. And Eddie's like, yes, like, mouthing, (laughs) like, oh, perfect. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, no problem. So he's like, hey, hey, Jordan, are you free? Yeah, you'll be come over. Hey, it's Jordan. Honestly, I thought his impression wasn't that bad. I was like... It wasn't that bad. It's pretty passable, actually. <laughs> he wasn't putting enough no. butter on the bread. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he could have been like, um, let me see if Jordan wants to talk. Like, I can, mm-hmm. I think I can make that happen. Yeah. But it's a Disney Channel original movie. Whatever. He had to do one of those, like, Jack Black when he, like, wraps the cord around the phone and, like, moves <gasps> right, it around. Right, you got to do some right. Foley work. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Shreedley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, no problem, impersonates him. And Natasha's like, okay, uh, if you're Jordan, sing a couple bars of – and then fucking <laughs> Brittany's like, Penelope, the live version, like – Not the whatever, dance deluxe. Like, yeah, yeah, right. And then Eddie starts like singing Penelope <laughs> and they're like, eh, no Jordan, Mm-mm. no phone. That is not Penelope Jordan's version. That's right. for sure. <laughs> and Eddie is like, fine, but at least give me Gwen Stefani's number. Jordan keeps asking for it. I just wanted to note, though, while this conversation is happening, Brittany is taking out like a partially eaten apple from her locker, half a bologna sandwich. Oh, I did not notice that at it all. It is nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. Oh, my gosh. I do I do wonder why all of these like older women are calling Jordan. Not that Gwen Stefani was like that much older than him at this time, but still I, I assume she would have been like Yeah. Almost thirty. I guess I'm like, what is Madonna? Like Madonna wants to collab with Jordan. Like Jordan. With his subpar music. Cause it, who would we liken him to at the time? Like Oh, 
Maybe like a David Archuleta type. Maybe, but they they make it seem like he's much more acclaimed because she even talks about him performing at the Grammys. Is he like an older Justin Bieber? Like is Justin Timberlake? Maybe Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I guess that's what they're going for. Cause he's not he's not a teen pop star. He's fully an adult man. He's twenty two, yeah. And he's only really had a career for the past like two years. Three. So I guess I guess he would have started as a teen. So maybe like a Justin Timberlake, slightly older Justin Bieber kind of thing. But again, I'm just like, I'm not buying that both Madonna and Gwen right. Stefani are calling this man. And then Shalo later on. Yeah. Personally, like not just an invite. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like a, a you know, a big ladies man either. I'm like. No. He, yeah, he has a girlfriend. He's with Penelope. So I don't know what's up. But in any case, the next thing we do is we go over to the Ashbrook house where Natasha and Brittany are holding signs, you know, to help out Brittany's mom because they have literally nothing else to do. It is the suburbs. And. Natasha's like, you know, the house really is cute, though, and quotes one of Britney's lyrics, an island of hope in a sea of sameness. And Britney's like, yeah, I don't know about that, but unless my mom can drum up some support over the next two weeks, it's going to be turned into a gas station and a coffee shop. So Natasha then decides, you know, liven things up. Starts looking through Jordan's phone and realizes that he has a hair appointment today. So she gets the bright idea to call the salon. And she's like, hi, I'm Jordan's assistant. I just want to lay some ground rules. First of all, never look him in the eye. Second of all, kneel when speaking to him. And third, he only eats raisins. Oh, and BT Dubs? He wants all of his hair cut off. His signature look? Yeah, those days are over. Chop it. And the hair stylist is very excited about this. <laughs> so Brittany starts freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, we can't. Like, his hair is his signature. But Natasha's like, no, it's fine. Like, they won't actually do it. Cut to Jordan in that salon chair. Locks gone. Dead. Bye. On the floor. Trimmings. Do you want to say his reaction? And he screams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that night at dinner, again, Jesse, absolutely insufferable. I would hate her if I was in a class with her. Oh, yeah. Well, this story especially, it's she's like, so, um, you know, we were going over the answers and they said that, that I got one of the answers wrong in the test. And I was like, that's not possible. So I had him check it again and I was right. So we had to increase my grade and lower everyone else's. Damn. You don't have any friends after that. No. Like, you're done. Mm-hmm. You couldn't sacrifice one point to not be the most hated girl in school. Person in your yeah. grade. Yeah. Cooper asks his dad if he can have a cell phone. Like, total vibe shift. Yeah. <laughs> and very pointedly says in Brittany's direction that he wants one of those new fancy phones with internet access. Kind of like the one that Brittany – Brittany pushes his chair back. Mm-hmm. Like, backwards. Like yeah. Straight, straight back. She's like, I'd and rather potentially give you a concussion than deal with the right. consequences of my actions. Amnesia, even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could get amnesia. Yep. Mrs. Aarons is helping him up, and the phone rings. It's Brittany's friends just freaking out about Jordan cutting his hair. 
Brittany is surprised, Mm -hmm. even though she really shouldn't be that surprised, but she turns on the TV to see a news report about Jordan's hair and girls just like weeping over his sexy mane being gone. Yeah. The, uh, The transitions in this scene are extremely clunky. We just go like absolutely beat to beat to beat. Also, the transition from the last scene to this one is so when Jordan is screaming about his hair, right? The hairstylist like just holds up a bowl of raisins and like is bowing to him, (laughs) kneeling down. Yeah. And then the next scene is for some reason at the dinner table, Mrs. Aaron's putting down a fucking giant cup of raisins on the table for Cooper to eat. Uh, Cooper's like, thanks, dinner. mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so out of place. I thought she was going to like put the raisins in the salad or something. Yeah. It was just like, here's the raisins you asked for, sweetie. Like some weird like <laughs> I only eat mac and cheese type shit. Right. Like here's eight million box, like mini boxes of raisins that I've poured out into this cup for you to just snack on during dinner. Nom, nom, nom. So we go back to the hotel. We're, we're still on Jordan's hair. That is still the topic of discussion. Eddie is in shock and Jordan is on the phone with his girlfriend Penelope and is like, I promise like it doesn't look that bad, baby. I think she like hangs up on him. <laughs> and Len tells Eddie that he is responsible for this. And Jordan's like, you know what? It's just hair and, you know, it'll grow back. Besides, this is what I looked like before I got famous. And Len is like, listen here, kid. Hair is money. That's the money maker right there. <laughs> and Jordan's like, okay, well then why don't you dress it up and have it play your lousy songs then? Boom. So Len tells him that his hair was his image. But then it's like, actually, you know what? An idea is a brewing. New song, new hair, new image, new year, new me. Rebranding. We're going to do a whole new Jordan Cahill we will like shoot the cover of Rolling Stone. We'll give them the exclusive. We will reshoot the music video. It's going to be great. Spin team. We got it. Then Jordan comes up to Eddie and he's like, Eddie, the salon told me that they got a call from my personal cell phone. Eddie is like ready to grovel for his job. Mm-hmm. Jordan is like, I just want to thank you. I feel like I've just been spending too much time focusing on my hair and now I can just focus on myself in the music. Wow. And he <laughs> thanks him and calls him a good friend. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan's like, oh, and can I get my phone back? So Eddie throws him like this brand new Blackberry that he just got. Fresh out of the box, yeah. Right, factory settings. And Jordan's like, oh, it's not working. And Eddie's like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm a – I'm full. I'm a fool. Like, <laughs> I forgot to charge it after I downloaded all of your information to disk like I always do. I'm always downloading. Okay. Constantly <laughs> downloading. And Jordan's like, hey, hey, no worries. Like, I'll just call Penelope back on the hotel phone. And he looks in the mirror and just, like, admires his haircut for a second. Yeah, I think he's like, doesn't look half bad. Winks at himself. Yeah. So – we then go back to Brittany. She is snooping around in Jordan's phone and finds a folder called Lyrics. And she's like, oh, wow. Mm. He writes his own music. Who would have thought? So she then, you know, very suddenly gets another premonition and looks under her bed where Cooper has been 
laying down and eavesdropping. Her bed must be on like six risers because there's so much space under there. There is surprisingly a lot of space. Yeah. And she's like, okay, either I can kick your ass or you can help me crack the password on this phone. So Cooper's like, all right, easy peasy. Brittany has full access to all of his personal files and text messages and photos. Mm -hmm. That seems like far too much power for a 13-year-old girl to have. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. At school the next day, Brittany talks to Natasha about the lyrics on Jordan's phone. And she's like, they're spiritual and moving. They're about wanting to see the world, kind of like my lyrics. Mm. <laughs> and uh, she tells Natasha that Jordan's version of More Than Me is about feeling trapped and isolated, wanting to be different. And Natasha reminds her about what she said before about the invasion of privacy thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, the Jordan that we see isn't the real Jordan. The people around him are making him act this way. We need to save him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're definitely seeing more and more of Natasha's influence on Brittany, especially like the fact that in the middle of the conversation, she's like, oh, cute outfit because Brittany is wearing this like pink blouse and like a little skirt and she has accessories and stuff so she's starting to take some fashion risks she's definitely you know trying to emulate natasha a bit yeah there's this like iconic outfit that natasha wears and she's like a trucker hat on and then later on uh britney wears it mm -hmm. but it's like different color yeah we then launch into this whole montage britney in her voiceover says that they decided to launch Operation Save Jordan. We also see that Brittany has like crimped hair. We see her shopping for some new clothes because she's like, well, for bettering Jordan, like why not better myself? Also, Ew. we also see them. Um, they somehow get somebody on set to donate all of his wardrobe to charity. I think they call them his like Las Vegas <laughs> clothes or something like this. That tacky Vegas wardrobe. Mm hmm. And his new wardrobe is all jeans and Henleys. We got some hoodies. We got some beanies. Classic men's 2000s wardrobe. We then cut to Brittany in her room. She's writing lyrics for the song called The Closed Door. And they literally blurred out yeah. the lyrics so we could not see them, which was so weird to me. <laughs> I don't know why they just didn't make something up yeah even you could even just have it as like scribbles that we can't really read we can't tell but like the fact yeah. that it was so obviously blurred kind of made me weird. wonder if it was like something that they did for streaming i don't know because like i think it might it must have been because i just yeah feel like it was superimposed mm -hmm. exactly yeah it was very bizarre so if anyone knows if that used to be different in, you know, the old version, let us know. But definitely took me out of it for sure. <laughs> I was like, huh? Yeah. We also see that the girls arrange for Jordan to get two dogs? Question mark? I was sure if those were his dogs and, like, the girls flew them in. Or right. They were just like, we're going to buy Jordan two new dogs. Or they're like, we're going to get some dogs to visit you for the day. Like, what's, right. what's up? <laughs> and I'm also like, Len, like, why do you care about that? Like, they're yeah. just dogs. Yeah, I'm sure Jordan has the money to pay for some staff to take care of them. 
easy. But we also never see the dogs again, so who knows? Yeah. But we also see Eddie calling Brittany, begging for the phone back. She says no, of course. We then see that she's starting to get over her writer's block because she gets a little new hairdo from Natasha and is feeling very inspired. She changes the title of her song to The Open Door and says, it's amazing what new hair will do for your attitude. And we also see Natasha and Brittany walking arm in arm through the cafeteria and Brittany's old friends pissed. Not happy. I mean, I would also not be happy if my like lifelong friend suddenly ditched me for like the cool new girl. But also her friends are haters as well. They're haters. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can read it however you want. But it is also an interesting casting choice that they made the new girl who doesn't really fit in Asian. Yeah. They don't really comment on it or anything. Like, it could also just be a coincidence. But it is interesting that, like, it seems like a predominantly, like, white town. Oh, definitely. Very, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So cut to Jordan's world. He is back on the video doing reshoots. Um, They're trying to get the music video done. But he still just can't vibe with the song. And Len tells Eddie that he bet he thought he could get away with this because Len thinks that Eddie's behind all of these changes. And Eddie's like, I'm not that smart. (laughs) But, you know, Jordan does seem happier. Right. And Len is like, one more surprise, and it's back to the basement for both of you. And he tells him to go talk to Jordan and convince him to sing the song. Yeah. So back to Brittany. She is singing her original song, and I was like, who the fuck is singing right now? It was very, um, like, in Raise Your Voice when they have Hilary Duff's yeah. voice mixed with this other <laughs> random lady. <laughs> it was, like, very yeah. much in that world where I was like, we're mixing multiple voices here, and it's sounding very weird to me. And Natasha's, you know, on the phone listening, and she's like, wow, like, that sounds great. I love this lyric. It was so good. And Brittany's like, anyways, I got to go downstairs. Uh, there's a banana split with my name on it. Bye. So she heads downstairs where she finds her mom crying to her dad about Aww. Ashbrook House. She's like, it's so stupid that I care so much about this house. And he is actually a very supportive and loving husband. And yes. he's like, listen, it's not stupid to care about something. You're fighting for what you believe in. It's what makes you, you. And like, that's why I love you. And I was like, oh, that's very sweet. So sweet. And she's like, yeah, I just wish that I could make more people understand that that house is the last thing that makes this suburb unique. And then Brittany remembers her lyric, an island of hope in a sea of sameness. So mom says that currently there are only seven people scheduled to show up at her rally, eight if she can get one of her kids to go. Brutal. And dad's like, yeah, you might just want to count on seven. Hmm. So Brittany gets a little idea and pulls up Jordan's schedule. Yes. The next day, Eddie calls Brittany and he's like, this has to stop. He's like coming in hot. He's like, you're not helping Jordan. You're hurting him. But it's actually Olivia calling Brittany's phone. Mm. My God. <laughs> and he's like, you have the wrong number. And he hangs up. <laughs> so at school, 
Brittany comes up to Natasha and she's like, hey, I have a great idea. Her soccer friends come up to them and they start asking about Jordan. They're like, do you really know him? Da, da, da. And Brittany at first is like a little apprehensive, but then she's like, yes, yes, I have his phone. I know everything about him. Brittany. Yeah, I don't. know. Get a hold of yourself. And Natasha's like, yeah, we made him cut his hair. And Brittany is like, yeah, that mop had to go. And Natasha's like, um, um, actually, that was my idea. But she completely ignores Natasha and just like really soaks up the attention. And she tells the crowd she can make Jordan do anything. And she talked to Madonna. And they asked to meet him. And she's like, okay, well, that's my brilliant idea. I'm going to have Jordan perform tomorrow at the Ashbrook House rally. And everyone's like, oh, my God, is he going to sing? And she's like, if I say so. And everyone comes up to her and, like, hugs her. And I'm like, you can't lie about this Mm -mm -mm. stuff, girl. This is how you end up spending the rest of your school years alone. It's just like, again, Lola Step being like, yeah, actually, I do have uh, tickets to the final Stu Wolf concert and the after party. So And my dad died when I was a kid. Yeah, definitely less extreme lies in this movie. <laughs> However, still not a good look. And poor Natasha just got absolutely shafted in that retelling of the story. Yeah, for sure. So Brittany then promptly calls Eddie because she has just made a very big declaration and is like, okay, here's the deal. I will give the phone back if you get Jordan to sing at the Ashbrook rally this weekend. And Eddie's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And so she threatens to erase everything on Jordan's phone, including all of his songs. (gasps) So Eddie does give in because what choice does he have? None. And Brittany's like, oh, I have another call. Got to go. Bye. And it's Penelope, Jordan's girlfriend. And she answers the phone, which is insane behavior. Let it go to voicemail. Yeah. Do not talk to this woman. But she answers and she's like, Penelope, hi, it's Brittany. I'm, let's say, a friend. Oh, you want to fly in on Saturday? He's busy, all booked up. Bye. You gotta (laughs) think that that would cause a rift in the relationship. Right? Like, Like, imagine you call Matt and you're like, um, who is this? And it's like, let's just say a friend. I would not handle that well. Absolutely. You I wouldn't either. You couldn't have just been like, well, first of all, you shouldn't have picked up. And if you did, just be like, oh, yeah, I'm one of his new assistants. or some yeah. shit, right? Right. I'm I'm on – I'm a roadie. I don't know. Like anything <laughs> else. But I'm – I'm a dumb bitch. <laughs> let's say I'm a friend in that cocky little tone. I was like – Right, oh, right. Oh, God. Rough. So we then have this scene that was insane to me. That Brittany is eating the biggest, biggest, what I assume to be a sundae in my, like, that I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. The bowl, (laughs) first of all, is like a chip bowl. It's not like a a cereal (laughs) bowl. And all we see is the mountain of whipped cream on top. Yes. I could not stop staring at it. It was like blowing my mind how comically large this thing was. (laughs) Mom is, like, thrilled. 
that Jordan is coming to sing at the rally. She's so excited. She asks Brittany how she pulled this off. And Brittany's like, oh, you just have to like know who to call. So I dialed and I explained what the rally was all about. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And they're not like, unbelievable. Hey, um, how did you even get a number to contact his yeah. camp? Like, what? Yeah, like that's you're 14. Uh, unbelievable. And mom's just like, oh my God, like this is gonna be so great. It's gonna be so fun. And Jesse's like, I mean, I don't know how much fun it's gonna be. Jordan's probably really depressed because he just broke up with Penelope. Or actually, what I heard is that she broke up with him. And Brittany freaks out. She runs upstairs. Cooper then like tries to reach for her ice cream situation, but the dad like pulls it away at the last second. And we see yeah. when he pulls it away, the, like, mountain of whipped cream is fully a plastic piece that they put on top because you see it, like, move and slide out of place. <gasps> I didn't see that. <laughs> You'll have, to, have go to go back, back and look. Yeah. But you fully see, like, the top part come off. Like, it is a solid That's piece hilarious. of plastic. <laughs> I guess it makes sense to do, like, like, have you ever seen on Etsy, like, those fake cakes? Yeah. It looked just like that. <laughs> And yeah, for some reason, he puts it in the cupboard. I was like, all right. Sure. So upstairs, Brittany tunes into the fake MTV news where Jordan is referred to as. <laughs> I also thought this was fucking weird. The audacity. They refer to him as the Prince of Pop, as if we're in a, a world where Madonna exists, uh, Gwen Stefani exists, J-Lo exists, but Michael Jackson doesn't exist yeah, in this world. Who was very much still alive at this point. Oh, in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they talk about how he is now not only hairless, but also loveless. Hairless. And his new video is behind schedule. So he's really having a tough time. Yeah. Brittany is distraught. She feels bad. Like they were supposed to help him. Cooper pops up out of nowhere. He has like a thing tied around his head to blend in with her decor. And Cooper is like, wow, you must feel horrible. Just rub some salt right in that wound. Mm -hmm. Brittany decides to ride her bike to Natasha's house. And when she comes in, Natasha's mom, she's like, oh, I I thought I would never see you here. You know, Natasha's upstairs, blah, blah, blah. Before she goes upstairs, Natasha's mom tells Brittany how happy she is that Natasha found her because sometimes she's so shy and it's hard for her to make friends. Brittany is like, oh, Natasha, you must be joking. (laughs) And then she invites her to a barbecue they're having this weekend and says that Natasha's dad is coming home, but not from Europe. The man is a traveling stationary salesman and he was in in Buffalo – New York. Yeah. Not New York City. He was no. in Buffalo. Very big difference. Mm-hmm. So Brittany is really shocked. And she has this like – there's a kind of a crazy montage of like black and white clips of mm-hmm. Natasha saying lies to Brittany. And I just thought it was very funny that they added that in. Like we had to remember all of the lies and also that it was in black and white. Yeah, because we didn't just see all of that happen 20 minutes ago. We needed a refresher. Right. It's an hour, 18-minute movie. <laughs> so she goes upstairs, and she's like, why didn't you call me back? Like, we're in serious trouble. And Natasha's pissed that Brittany took all of the credit. 
And she's like, oh my God, is there anything you won't do to be the center of attention? And Brittany's like, me, me, your mom thinks you have no friends because you're shy, but it's because you're a liar. And she's like, me, me, you lied about being a Jordan fan. And I'm like, am I a Jordan fan? Make a wish more than me. But I did think it was funny how it was like, you've lied about your whole life. And she's like, I know that you're a Jordan Cahill fan. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Potato, tomato, (laughs) apples, oranges. Brittany brings up like all of the lies that Natasha has told her about living in Europe and says that she only talked to her because she felt sorry for her. Well, that's another lie, Brittany. Like That is a lie. And I think she calls her pathetic, and Natasha's like, if I'm so pathetic, then how come you're so desperate to be just like me? Nice outfit. (gasps) Right. Damn. Natasha's like, you want to be different and stand out, but there is absolutely nothing unique about you. Your whole life is a lie. And Brittany's like, I should have just given the phone back. And her mom comes in. She's like, what's going on, girls? <laughs> and Brittany just runs out. And Natasha yells behind her. She's like, have fun at the rally. Say hi to Jordan for me. Natasha really, really went in on her. She came out <laughs> guns a-blazing. Yeah. Because, like, obviously, super annoying that Brittany was like, yeah, like, this is all my doing. This is all my idea. However... Natasha went in for the fucking kill with these. The jugular. She mm-hmm. was a sniper. She was like, <laughs> yeah, is is pretty brutal. And I'm like, also Natasha, you did make up a lot of lies, like a lot, a lot, a lot, like, lot, lot, lot of lies. Every so. day was like a new lie. Mm-hmm. You're like Miss Liza Minnelli out here. Absolutely. She's like, yeah, but fuck your life. You're you're not special. You're not unique. Your life is a lie. Your hair is ugly. Your mom is stupid. Your outfit's cheap. <laughs> Your grandma's dumb. Your daddy didn't pass first grade. Like, she just goes in. Your sister's annoying, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, well, yep. that is He's not wrong there. But, yeah, I do think it is Britney's a little quick to, quicker to forgive than I might have been if somebody said all that to me personally. I hear you. I don't feel like the wrongs are on the same level <laughs> between the two of them. I would have to agree. Yeah, yeah. But let's see how it pans out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then get this sad montage. And it's, again, all the scenes that we just saw in the past 30 minutes. So in case you forgot one moment of these two being on screen together, don't worry, because you're going to see worry. it again. And you're going to see it another time later on in the yes. next 20 minutes. So fret not. It, this uh, montage is also set to the song A Whatever Life by Haley Duff, because I fully recognize that voice. <laughs> we see Brittany riding her bike to the park. And she gets a phone call. She answers it. It's like her phone calling her. And she's like, Eddie, like, don't yell at me. I'm not in the mood. Like, I'm fucking sorry for what I did. Like, I wish it never happened. I'm just so fucking stupid. And Eddie's like, well, yeah, I wish you would have said that an hour ago because then I wouldn't have had to tell Jordan the truth 
so he would sing at the rally and he wouldn't have disappeared, ran away because he'd had enough and it's all your fault. We hang up the phone and Len gets these two muscular security dudes to like pick Eddie up out of his chair and is like, we're going to go find Jordan. Like I called the phone company to activate the GPS and we can track him. And Eddie's like, you could do that the whole time. Are you fucking kidding me? Stupid, Eddie. Stupid. <sighs> one Google search, my guy. Just one. Right. Yeah. Brittany's phone rings and she picks it up. She starts apologizing. It's actually Jordan. Mm. And she's like, oh, Jordan, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about like you and Penelope. And Jordan is like the most understanding guy ever. Yeah. Very chill. Yeah, very calm in the midst of his like life being chaotic mm -hmm. and just like going to shit. Yeah. And Jordan's like, we were going to break up anyways. And Brittany starts talking about how much she – loves his actual lyrics, and she's like, why don't you record those lyrics? Jordan is trying to hail a taxi from a park bench in the suburbs. Um, it's not going to work. Yeah, at least stand up. You're just sitting on at the bench. call a cab company. Right, you have a phone. Not a good one, but it works. Yeah. And Brittany's like, you're never going to catch a taxi. It's the suburbs. And he explains that the record company has him in a six-record deal, so he just has to record what they want. The fucking minivan pulls up, and the dummy security guy is like, there she is. So Brittany screams like any child would do and starts riding her bike away while the minivan is chasing her. Yeah, I'm like, you're grown adults. You really can't be, like, chasing a child. You can't be doing that. An unaccompanied child around uh, the neighborhood. It's not, it's not a good look. So she's like, quote unquote, peddling for her life, but she's actually going pretty slowly. So I'm like, how slow is the van going that she's able to kind of bike at this more leisurely pace? But she gets home, she locks the door, and Jesse is like, oh, yeah, mom and dad are setting up for the rally. Like, I'm about to head out to meet them if you want to ride. Brittany just rushes straight up to her room and tries to call Natasha, but... Natasha is already there in her room waiting for her. So the two of them hug and they both apologize for everything that they said, how they just wanted to be friends with each other and they were just jealous of each other. And again, I do think it's a little quick to forgive some of the things that Natasha said, but if Brittany's fine with it, that's your prerogative. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're besties again. Everything's fine. And Brittany sits Natasha down to tell her that she spoke to Jordan. And he's running away from the music business forever, but not because of what they did. He actually kind of loved that, except for, you know, the extortion. But it's his record company that has him in a chokehold. And Brittany says he's also probs not going to sing at the rally either. But Natasha says it could still happen. They just need to get her phone back. So... Brittany then abruptly again goes to her closet, whips it open, but Cooper's not in there. And she's like, that's so weird. Like, I'm always right about that. So they rush out the door and sneaky little Cooper was, in fact, hanging on the back of the door like a towel, listening in. Ho, ho. Mm. He's upped his game. Yes. So, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh, Brittany calls Jordan and she's like, stay where you are. We'll be there in five. 
So they open the front door. Eddie and Len are waiting to, I don't even know, like, I guess steal the phone, but like, yeah. it's like they're going to like kidnap them. Right? Yeah. So they like slam the door in their face and they're screaming bloody murder. They run out the back door, cut through the neighbor's yard where she ends up getting roped into babysitting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they're also in the pool, which I don't understand because it is cold. Like, I've not seen anyone in like a tank top, right? Yeah, everyone's, everyone's in, like, wearing jackets. A jean jacket. Yeah. Very weird. Mm-hmm. So finally, they make it to the sidewalk where Cooper actually brings out Brittany's bike and he's like, You're going to need this. And she's like, Oh, Thanks. good Thanks, job, little man. Cooper. Stepping up. We're healing, you know? Mm. So Brittany is biking them. Over to meet Jordan, Natasha is talking on the phone to various news outlets to give them, you know, the exclusive on this Jordan performance. Uh, Also, Mm -hmm. the song Stuck in the Middle is playing. Classic. Stuck in the middle with you. I'm like, how much do they have to pay to get the rights to that? Right? (laughs) I was surprised to hear that song. Yeah, same. We also see... Len and Eddie and the muscle in the back, they're driving, they're tracking the phone, they can't keep track of all the street names. It's like Peach Blossom and Orange Blossom and Pink Blossom. There's too many Blossom streets. So the girls finally get to the bench where Jordan was sitting, but he decides to take himself over to the diner to get some food. And he's like, yeah, 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 like, I'm going to stay out of sight. Don't even worry about it. I'm just going to have my burger. Come meet me. It's all good. The fucking idiot then takes off his sunglasses and his hat as if he doesn't have the most recognizable frosted tips in the world, apparently. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, he is immediately recognized. He is being chased through the park by this group of teens. They're running very slowly, though. It's, it was quite funny to me. Mm-hmm. Brittany and Natasha catch up to him, and they're like, hey, like, nice to officially meet you. Um, Let's go somewhere we can talk. So they cut through the playground, and they sit in this, like, giant tunnel construction tube tube, thing. I don't even know. I wrote tube. Yeah. She said tube scene. Yeah. They're they're in this giant tube, uh, the three of them just, you know, catching up, meeting, and – They exchange phones, but Natasha's like, wait, before you get too comfortable with that, and she pulls out her phone, and, like, Brittany pulls out her phone, and they're like, send, like, to all, like, master, send, I don't know, something stupid like that. Universal. Yeah, something like that. And they tell him that now his original lyrics to More Than Me are out to the whole world. And she's like, well, not the whole world, but pretty close. Basically, Brittany sent it to, like, all of her contacts, which is, like, you know, the girls at school. Mm-hmm. And they get a phone call where the song starts playing and they're like, oh, my God. And so everybody – they spread it like wildfire. And we see basically, like, all these different girls, like, popping up on screen and, like, layering over and over and over again. But it's the same, like, six girls. It's like the same – yes. Yeah. It was so few people. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't have, like, people send in videos right. of them just, like, answering the phone. Like, you couldn't pay someone $100 to send in a video of them just – Right. I, I just couldn't believe that that's how many people they could yeah. get to do. Yeah. 
They're like, if we just keep layering it, like nobody's gonna notice. It's fine. No one's gonna know. They're, they're gonna, gonna know. They're gonna know. And I knew. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they supposedly spread the song like wildfire. Then Len gets a message of the lyrics to More Than Me. He's pissed because he, it was supposed to be a world premiere. He takes a second look and he's like, these aren't the lyrics. And Eddie's like, they're Jordan's lyrics. <gasps> mm-hmm. And apparently the song is supposed to premiere this afternoon. And Len is like, no way. Then one of the goons spies Britney's bike. So they pull over and look for Jordan. Um, Eddie tries to stop Len. And he's like, you know what? Jordan has a right not to sing. But Len is like, if he doesn't sing for me, he's not singing for anyone. So the goons go inside the tube. And they just like end up grabbing each other's collars. Like there's no one in there. It was a trap. And Len just like has a moment where he's like, it's very like Stella. He's like, where are they? The drama, my God. So we then cut to Jesse driving Natasha, Brittany, and Jordan to the rally. Jordan tells the girls, like, he's not so sure about this, but he's willing to trust them since they did give him his life back. And Natasha's like, yeah, maybe we also ended your career. And then the the car, like, jolts. She's boom, like, skirt! And, and your life! <laughs> and Jordan's like, no, no, no. Like, it's not ended. It actually made it go full circle. And they're like, hold the phone. You're from here? No. No, ladies, I just grew up in another suburb, but <laughs> it was just like it. And, you know, I always wanted to get out. And now that I'm out, I don't know what I was searching for. And Natasha says, an island of hope on a sea of sameness. <gasps> what? And Jordan's like, wow, that was actually pretty good. And Natasha's like, it's Britney's. Like, she wrote it. She writes songs. It's Britney, bitch. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but Brittany's like, who, me? Like, no, 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 I don't. No, I don't. I don't write songs. That's insane. What are you talking about, Natasha? But Jordan's <laughs> like, wow, like, I really hope that's something you're going to pursue. And Brittany starts to say, you know, I will if I ever get out of here. And Jordan's like, ah, ah. That's the mentality, baby. That's the 5G a being prison. pumped into your brain. <laughs> And he's like, you can be stuck anywhere. You can't blame the location. You can only blame yourself. Suburbs are a state of mind. All right. And they're like, wow, that's so deep, Jordan. So, <laughs> that's kind of crazy he said that, but mm -hmm, moving right absolutely. Along. So Jesse once again, like, jerks the car forward. And Jordan's like, hey, why don't I drive as the only adult in this car, but she says no and asks him to just stop talking so she can focus on driving. And Brittany's like, yeah, she has control issues. And then the three of them, <laughs> like, huddle together for safety in the backseat. So finally, we get to the much-lauded Ashbrook house. Mrs. Aarons is trying to vamp about the Ashbrook house. I think she's like, and that's number reason <laughs> and that's reason number 57 of why I love this house so mm -hmm. much. And it's already 2.30. 
The crowd starts to get restless. They're asking for Jordan. Some some woman, yeah, like a, a grown, grown woman. woman. <laughs> she's like, we don't care about your stupid house. We want to see Jordan. And she's like, hold the freaking phone. You know, this house isn't stupid, Jordan or no Jordan. And they're like, no Jordan? No Jordan? Yeah. As Just as they're about to start an angry mob – Jordan, Natasha, and Brittany show up, and the soccer girlies' jaws drop. Um, Natasha comes up to them, and she's like – she lifts each one's yeah. jaw, and she's like, you're drooling on yourselves. Boom. <laughs> Love it. So everyone runs up to the house as security is, like, holding them back. Jordan introduces himself to Mrs. Ahrens, who's speechless – Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, like, why wouldn't you be – even if you didn't like the pop star and say, right. oh, my God. Um, and he tells her if she gives him a few minutes, he's going to try to save the house. But the goons pull up and they're like, zim zooms up. <laughs> and Natasha's like, you know, Brittany, I got this. Like, I'll take care of it. Brittany turns to her mom and says, isn't Natasha fabulous? But her mom is like, not half as fabulous as you. And gives her a big hug. Oh, I thought that was really sweet. Then Brittany runs off to help facilitate, um, you know, Jordan begin the concert. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Len, Eddie, the goons, they've all arrived. And Len is trying to, you know, figure out how to spin this to the press. Like, oh, maybe he had mad cow. Oh, he's like depressed after his relationship ended. Like, we'll figure out a way. Eddie, you just need to go find Jordan and tell him not to go through with this. And I'm kind of like, I don't see what the big deal is if he does like a tiny little dinky performance at a yeah. house. Like, I don't – I feel like that would be fine, but mm-hmm. whatever. We need stakes, apparently. We need unexplained stakes. Mm-hmm. So Len is like, also, if you can pull this off, kid, I'm going to consider making you part of the organization. Maybe you could even manage the tour. And Eddie is like, mm, say less. I'm on my way. <laughs> so, Got him. <laughs> yeah. We then see Brittany run backstage up to Jordan. And she kind of like starts directing him to the porch. But he's really nervous. He tells her that this performance is personal. It's all about him. And it's a really good feeling, actually. And... She's like, oh, I forgot something. I'll I'll be right back. So she runs off. Perfect timing for Eddie to run up and talk to Jordan. And Eddie is like, man, what are you doing? And Jordan's like, you know, I'm just doing what I think is right. And Eddie's like, come on, man. Like, you're going to sacrifice everything that you've been working for, that we've been working for for the past three years. Like, this could be the end. And Jordan is like, like, I'm sorry, but like, I got to do what I got to do. And Eddie's like all right, fine. If you have to do what you have to do, so do I. And he runs out on the porch and he's like, everybody, everybody, I would like to introduce my best friend. (laughs) Really bamboozled him. Pulled the old switcheroo. Right. I have to do what I have to do. Like, literally. This is my best friend, Jordan. He's going to sing a song. I love him. And the whole world. For you now. <laughs> so Jordan comes up. Brittany also, Jordan. you know, brings him a guitar, hands him a guitar. 
And Jordan's like, hey, I want to thank everyone for coming. It may not be the biggest cause, but it's important. We spend our whole lives chasing after things. I'd only be happy if dot, dot, dot. But I think a lot of the time we forget what we're leaving behind. Our past, our home, what makes us unique. This song is dedicated to what's special in all of us. It's not what's out there, but what's in here. Yeah. So Jordan starts performing his original lyrics to More Than Me. And the clapping in the audience is so off. They're clapping like double time. It is so jarring. <laughs> He's doing this slow, like, like this slow acoustic song. And people are like, I couldn't focus like I didn't even notice that because I was so focused on the way that he was like rolling his eyes back as he's saying like he was possessed and it really made me feel like I was like watching an SNL skit or something of a pop star you know right right yeah it was the whole thing was just so much wonky yeah um there also was like Somehow there's like a drummer. You like hear a whole band, and then we see that there actually is like a whole band on the bottom of the floor. There's a backing band. Yeah. I don't know where they came from. No idea. They weren't there when he first came Absolutely. out. They got set up real quick, and they were like, "Yes, we know. We know how to play this unreleased song. We know how to play it." <laughs> so he's singing the song, and I was also kind of like, "So these these are the lyrics that were like." so subversive and crazy that the record company said no but like it's a pretty generic pop song like i'm not no it's not experimental it's just like no. your regular pop song i don't know what she's like it's spiritual and moving and like about being nowhere and somewhere i wasn't getting that uh i gotta say <laughs> And somehow we also get another montage of what we just saw. Like we literally see one of the clips of them riding the bike like to meet yes. up with Jordan. And I was like, yes. that was 10 minutes ago. Every moment they've ever spent together in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we see that again. <laughs> he sings his song. Everyone cheers. Natasha and Brittany hug. Yes. Success all around. After this amazing rally um, you know, time passes and we see the Ashbrook house fully restored, which I did actually read is a historic house in, I believe it's in New Orleans. It's called the Otis house. Oh. Um, and this, the, the restored Ashbrook house is how it actually looks. Usually. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. And we cut back to Olivia's mom's minivan with the soccer girlies and Natasha she has joined wow. the soccer team. Look at her. Yeah. Brittany is on the phone talking to Jordan. Weird. I and did not he, like this. It felt very like Drake, Millie Bobby Brown. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's I was like. not into it. You can't hear Jordan, but Britt's like, come to New York this weekend. Like, I don't know. Things are pretty exciting around here. And then she's like, girls, say hello to Jordan. And they're like, hi, hi Jordan. Jordan. 
So they find weird. I I know. I don't know. Maybe it's I like I like to think Jordan is a good guy. Maybe it's right, just yeah. like a hey little sis type of thing where it's like you you know did so much for me like you stay right, in touch like, here and there. Maybe he's helping her with her songwriting. I don't know, maybe, but yeah. I was just like if I were a parent and I knew that my child had like a phone and texting relationship with like a 22 year old man. I don't know about it. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm like, that can just turn sour so quickly. Um, so all that aside. So yeah, didn't love that. But. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? But anyways, mm-hmm. they arrive at Mrs. Aaron's house, so Brittany's house. And um, they like, pile into the living room. Cooper's like, I thought you were going to miss it. We get the world's premiere of Jordan's new music video. But when the guy turns around, it's <gasps> Eddie. What? I did not see this. I forgot that this is I how it ends. I I was shocked. <laughs> I'm like, so Eddie had to take over his recording contract? Yeah. Like, is that what's insinuated? I get, or like maybe Eddie like wanted to do that all along. It, see, I wish they had planted seeds for that. That right. would have been so cool. Like maybe it was like, oh, you know, we were back in your basement writing songs together. Like anything, Ye- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> any Easter egg would yeah, have been helpful. They're like, oh, you wanted to be like a a you're manager, an exec. Now you're a pop star. I know. Yeah, like he <laughs> even Len could have been like, you know, if you do this. Maybe we could think about getting you in the studio or like. Exactly. It's yeah. just so weird. Anyways, mm-hmm. he turns around. I thought it was hilarious. I did laugh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so <laughs> all the girls are in it. They're doing their like little dance that they did in the living mm-hmm. room. And um, yeah, they're in the music video. Mm-hmm. And then we get a credit sequence with Miss Annalise Vanderpool singing over it. Oh. Da 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 da, ba da da da, ba da 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 da, and da da da. A classic. Yeah, so that's uh, that's stuck in the suburbs. Quite the decom. It is. Uh, it does have a big cult following. It's true. It's a. It's definitely like a lot of people's favorites. It's probably like in the top ten of like people like the most popular decoms of all time. Mm-hmm. I only watched it once growing up. I think I only watched it like when it premiered. But I do remember really liking it cuz like I loved Brenda's song. Oh, I love her. So I always I would always watch anything that she did. Um one thing that like because I haven't seen it in so long, kind of the way I thought it was going to end was that Jordan was going to like buy Ashbrook house and he was going to like live there yeah. and kind of like retire. It's still kind of unclear what he's up to now if he's like still I think he's still making music. music, but like his music. Yeah. Yeah. But it is yeah, super unclear. Mhm. I wish I could remember my initial reaction to watching this cuz mm-hmm. I know I liked it, but I think I was more into like the Wattpad yeah. side of it where it's like, oh my god, you meet a pop star and you switch phones and da da. And now I'm watching it and I'm like mm-hmm. that was so me like dressing up like in outfits that no one would wear. Right. And, like, trying to be this, like, trendy girl stuck in the suburbs. I just wanted to move to New York. Right. And that part really resonated with me. I was like, Mm. I thought it was a really good 
um, story about like loving where you are in life, especially as a kid and finding joy and importance in things in your own community. I really like that message. Yeah, like, you know, not not rushing to to grow up and not rushing to kind of like skip past this part of your life. And yeah, yeah, like actually forming your own identity and figuring out what you do like and making new friends and like trying new things, figuring out your style, figuring out like your artistic identity. Um, I thought was cool. It definitely like doesn't doesn't sit as like one of the the best e-coms for me personally yeah um i just you know i didn't i didn't grow up in a suburb i always lived in oh yeah cities my whole life so like that whole thing doesn't really like you're like shanghai and singapore like (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could get out of the suburbs (laughs) yeah like i've never i haven't lived in a suburb since i was four like i haven't lived in a actual house since i was four i've always been in apartments so, like, that stuff isn't necessarily, like, relatable to me. It doesn't really resonate with me. But I definitely, like, identified with Brittany having this, like, artistic passion and just, like, having ambition and wanting to do something and, like, yeah. wanting to see the world and stuff like that. Um, so I liked I liked her character. And I love Brenda's song always, so. She always plays such a, like, a unique role. I feel like mm-hmm. her characters are always really vibrant. Yeah, totally. Um, and just really fun to watch. I also like the idea that even if you're, I don't know, like, I don't know how to word this exactly, but I like that when Brenda's song moves, she has this, like, these amazing outfits mm-hmm. and she's really not afraid to flaunt her personal style yeah and i think that that's also like great to see like Mm -hmm. yeah so what i'm in a suburb like i'm still gonna look fashionable i'm gonna wear cool clothes and um i think that after all the events that happen Brittany is able to embrace more of what makes her unique Mm -hmm. instead of like hiding that to blend in with everyone yeah and one thing i also really liked about um Natasha's character is that it didn't go along with the stereotype that we see even still now, but especially in the 2000s of like Asian girls who like have the super strict parents and like yeah. they have to get all the good grades and stuff. Whereas Natasha's mom is like, oh, like she's normally really shy. Like it's, I'm really happy she's making a friend and like being more outgoing. Like that's just not, that wasn't the typical like depiction of an Asian parent in like any media really in the 2000s. So Here's looking at you, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yep. Or Bratz, which we just covered. Oh, like yeah. Jade's character. It's that same yeah. trope. Yeah. I think that um, all the parents, except, I mean, Olivia's mom is a little iffy, but yeah, I would say all the parents <laughs> are really nice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're really supportive, which yeah. is great to see. And I, and I even really love that moment with just Britney's parents having this, like, really supportive moment where the mom was down and the dad was like no like what you care about is important and that almost felt like you know? it was for the parents watching with their kids right yeah <laughs> it felt like it was like a couples <laughs> therapy moment um right also just like i'm obviously not britney's mom's age but looking mm-hmm. at it from a, a more adult perspective mm-hmm. i do appreciate the fact that she has these causes that she cares about she's like yeah saving the whales and saving this ashbrook house mm-hmm. and like doing all of these things i think 
I mean, it seems like she might be like a homemaker, like a stay-at-home yeah. mom, but she's like, I'm investing my time and energy into things I care about in the community. And I yeah. thought that was a really great thing to see. Like, I think if we're able to like reinvesting time into the community that we live in is so important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's definitely like some some really golden gems in this one. Yeah. It's just like the plot was a little thin. Like it had so many good components. I just wish that they Mm -hmm. melded better, I guess. Um, It had a lot of potential. It didn't reach its full potential. I also, I had a hard time like getting a full grasp of Jordan as a person beyond just like, Mm -hmm. I want to put my own stuff out there and I don't want to do this like label bullshit. Um, I kind of felt like they couldn't really decide anything beyond that. I agree. For his character. And it was also kind of like, is he a diva? Is he not? Because he like freaked out about the rays and things. So it's like either you have to go like fully into like, oh, he's a diva. But then he like learns the value of whatever through these like girls. Um, Or he's like always been very, very sweet and like, you know, not throwing a fit over raisins. But yeah, I just couldn't really get a grasp on him. Mm-hmm. I felt like every scene with him, I was just relearning the same thing over and over again. Right. He yeah. doesn't like raisins. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like all the only thing I learned beyond like he wants to make his own music and he doesn't like raisins. Definitely could have used, I think, for example, maybe um, some of the montages that were a bit mm-hmm. redundant could have been taken out and we could have had yeah. more time to add little lines here and there. But like the characters. Yeah. I think if it was like, more detailed and mm-hmm. other parts were tightened up. Like I think yeah. the movie does have potential mm-hmm. to have even more staying power. Like I'm trying to think of like, I mean like Cheetah Girls, right? High school musical. Right. Yeah. Those movies, we get such rich depictions of the characters in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they do so well. I mean, and plus the music, I think they could have done made better music. Like, if they had focused more on that lyricism. Totally. Yeah. But it's a good movie. Like, I, it's a solid movie. I would show my future spawn this movie. Yeah. Also, what would have been cool is, like, what if we had, like, the the final song at the, the house was, like, a duet between. Ah, oh, I wanted that to happen. I really wanted right? that to happen. So it's, like, they're both putting, like, their music out. The- that would have been good. But. In any case, can't change what happened in 2004, but what we can do is give her a rating. Yes. So for me, like I enjoyed it. I had a fun time watching it, but I wasn't like, wow, this is like so amazing. I'm going to give it like, I don't know, maybe like a 6.5, a 7, 7? I was going to go with a 7. Yeah. Yeah. Like a 6.5 feels a little harsh, so... (laughs) Seven. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, throw it on. In Canada too, I'm assuming. It is, yeah. You could throw it on, have a little dinner, have a little cocktail. Mm. Nice. It's a it's a short movie. It's an hour and eighteen minutes, y'all. So short. Yeah, just watch it, enjoy it. Think about how when you were a kid, maybe you were a brat or like you wanted to get (laughs) out of your uh city and do other maybe things. you were a pathological liar. Yeah. Maybe you maybe were a your pop dad star. was a stationary salesman. Yeah. 
Um, but in any case, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. And if you like what you've heard, if you want more of us, you can always follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can send us an email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. And you can join our Patreon. Juno is coming out next week. Voting is also open. Send in your picks for our December bonus episode. Whoa. Our last bonus episode of the year. So going to be very exciting. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week for another movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.